welcome along to the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the totally free and independent Rangers show made by fans for fans, where all of our content is always free. And in a week like this week, you don't want as much of the free content as you can get hold of. So please do head over to our website at www.jersnet.co.uk and get as much of that free content as you possibly can. Uh, as I say, it's been an absolutely phenomenal week for Rangers fans as we get through to the Europa League semi-finals on Thursday night, followed by uh, a, a, a long overdue victory against Celtic at Hampden Park this afternoon. It's just gone 9.30pm on Sunday, the 17th of April 2022. If you're joining us live tonight, then thank you so much for giving up your Sunday evening. Do let us know your questions, your thoughts, your comments. Uh, put them there in the YouTube chat box. We'll get to as many of those as we possibly can. We've got Frankie Marshall in the chat. If you're not joining us live, remember that the podcast is always available for download first thing on a Monday morning. That's wherever you get your podcasts from, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, and on Spotify. Uh, please do give us a wee like, subscribe, leave me a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. It really does help us to grow. We're here, as I say, today to talk about uh, our immediate reaction to the Old Firm uh, Cup semi-final that took place this afternoon. A really fantastic day for, for, for the club. And I'm delighted to be joined by two very, very esteemed guests here uh, in, at Jazznet Towers. First of all, Alex Anderson. Alex, in a, a week like this where Rangers progress into the, the, the latter stages of two prestigious cup competitions, what's the, what's the appropriate way for me to celebrate? Um, I, I'm going for Hofbrau original. Um, so that's, 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 that's what I'm having, a bit of a, a, bit of a German beer. Um, we've got a German team coming up in the semi-final, possibly a German team coming up in the final. Um, I, I I don't know, Ross. I don't actually know because my head is all over the place in the in the, the loveliest possible way. My head's usually up Mars anyway, but to, to this 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 week it's uh, just in the best the best possible way. I'm uh, kind of a bit like Kamar Roof, and you know when they would come off today, um, just absolutely running at the ground uh, by everything we've been through. Um, ready to ready to collapse, but so buzzing, and I, I just I just don't care. I'm just so happy. Um, it's 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 phenomenal. a fantastic day for bears everywhere. And you and I, I see you're celebrating by um, getting our passport photographs ready for uh, the trip to Seville. You know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're both we're right. both in the kind of interview cells. You know, <laughs> and the, the, the Spanish police are having it. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's um, it's it's very fair. I'm doing some house sitting this week, so I don't have my sort of usual decor. And obviously, you've had your house move recently as well, so. It is, it's a little bit dull, but there's going to be so much scintillating chat this evening that no one's going to need to worry about our uh, our backgrounds. We're also joined uh, this, this evening by one of the original Jesnick uh, contributors to the podcast, been with us for a, a good three or four years now, David Fraser. David, as I say, it's been a few years that we've been doing this. Can you think of a, a more enjoyable week that we've had here on the podcast? Uh, oh, a tough ask, that, Ross. Um, obviously, winning the league with a probably top it but um, no, it comes close definitely comes close a fantastic week um, great end of the week and then a fantastic end of the weekend so I onwards and upwards absolutely onwards and upwards well let's dive straight into it because you know it's, we've only got the one match to talk about today and we're not going to talk about anything else but I suspect we could go on for a good couple of hours if we weren't checked so we'll dive right in and, and, and David I'll start with yourself as the lineup came out about an hour hour and a quarter before the um, before the game started Really, the only, I guess, interesting part or notable part was the fact that um, Alan McGregor had been dropped and John McLaughlin was, was was playing in between the sticks. Is this a case of uh, cup rotation? Rangers have obviously rotated keepers in the cups before. Um, or there were certainly some voices suggesting that it might be 
dropping McGregor because he's proved um, unreliable at coming, particularly for, for high balls crossing into the box. Do you think it was along those lines or was it simply we're swapping out the keeper for the cup keeper? I mean, I thought it was uh, Alan being dropped per se, Ross. I thought, um, thought John was, was the cup goalkeeper, so I think it stands to reason that he would come in and, and, uh, and start the game. But it depends on your point of view. Um, obviously, uh, Alan's not exactly covering himself in glory with regards to coming for cross balls of late. But uh, no, I wouldn't read too much into it. I think John's um, an adequate number two goalkeeper, and it may well be that he's. He's getting ready to take over the, the number one shot for next season, but you know, all the time will tell there. Absolutely. How do you how do you think did did he kind of acquit himself well enough to think that he yeah, would that, that step up to number one next year? He's certainly um, he's, he's certainly not shy to come off the line, Ross. Um, they didn't have a heck of a lot to do. Uh, any any shots that Celtic seem to have. Um, but either off target or he couldn't get anywhere near them. So uh, certainly for, for their goal, I mean, he, he couldn't really be faulted um, considering it took a wicked deflection. And obviously their other main chance came off the crossbar. So, you know, it, if the shot had been a target, might have John got the hand to it. You know, but we'll never know. But uh, certainly it never, um, never looked lacking in what I could tell watching on the game. So uh, he's, he's come in, um, pressure on his shoulders. Yeah. But I think that the, the fact that the team um, performs so admirably, especially in like a Thursday's next, uh, you know, excerpts on Thursday night, then you know, the, the team were, were excellent and kept, you know, Celtic to, to the bare minimum of chances. And if anything, um, we were the team and the team that want, want it more than the hunger of the two sides. Yeah, it's certainly the it seen that way and there's been a lot of comments kind of after the game that um, I saw an, an interview with Conor Goldson after the final whistle he was saying that as it went into extra time the players seemed to notice that actually Celtic were tiring as well Celtic were huffing and puffing and that little bit of extra belief and motivation seemed to really really have a, a, a positive impact on, on the Rangers players Alec come and see yourself we were in my opinion fairly dominant in that first half um, the, the two teams started off fairly equal but Rangers really grew in, in, into a, a sort of dominance throughout the half as it wore on um, but never really managed to find that breakthrough a couple of really good chances with John Lundstrom hitting the post um, and yet two weeks ago we lost to Celtic at home and it was a, a you know a, a lot of doom and gloom and, and, and a very different picture what's changed was it was it tactical was it psychological what's different yeah, I think um... two weeks ago Sorry, Ross. I think looking at it analytically, it was uh, wearing the, the, the blue socks with the, the white shorts and the blue shirts at Paisley. Because if you look at it, um, we scored early doors against Celtic at Ibrox, blew them, blew them away for like three, four minutes, and then we faded away and we lost 2-1. We then had a non-entity of a loss to Braga. You've then had an absolute epic of a win over Braga, bookended by... Uh, a bookend, bookended by a epic us going behind today to Celtic and then us actually winning two uh, one. Now the thing for me that happened in between that to change it all round was us wearing the blue socks with the blue shirt at Paisley. It looked uh, made our shirts actually look kind of purple, you know. So there's something magical has happened there that's uh, that, that, that's turned the kind of um, the psychology of the team and uh, the kind of magic of the whole season. I thought we were absolutely tremendous today, Ross. 
Um, you could actually say the one thing that you could actually say scientifically is that this Rangers team don't respond well, don't respond well to breaks. We've all seen that when there's any kind of break, um, they just this doesn't respond well at all. Um, but when we're playing 120 minutes, two games in a row, we seem to be absolutely fantastic. That today was just we kept waiting for the Celtic to absolutely dominate us. We kept waiting for Celtic to to run over the top of us. Um, but quite frankly, by the end, by even when Celtic scored, it still felt that's not right. And obviously, anytime Celtic score, a Rangers fan feels that's that's not right. There's something wrong with that. Um, but in a, in a kind of objective, neutral looking at the football, would looking at that game today, would say, no, there's something. To be, Rangers seem to be the team, the momentum, with the drive, with the greater desire, and. Um, Almost the same amount of chances. I know Celtic hit the ball just after they scored when they really should have scored themselves. But uh, we'd already hit the post. Joe Aribo had a chance, um, which Carter Vickers kind of just just cleared off his head. But uh, I thought our response, um, not just to Thursday night, not just to Celtic going ahead, not early in the game. Celtic went ahead in the hour mark, the start of the hour, deep into the game. Our response uh, to our own Hamden hoodoo uh, over the years, this is Celtic's first loss in what eighteen games at Hamden, um, and we know the kind of the, the kind of uh, things we've been through at Hamden over the years. If you're talking about you're talking about uh, John McLaughlin being in there, the, the, the cup goalkeeper. That straight away reminded me of Jack Alnick against Motherwell, you know, which was one of those kind of games that summed up how bad things have been at Hamden for us, especially in semi-finals um, uh, for the last few years. Uh, it didn't come to that. McLaughlin was coming out particularly in injury time he was coming out um, injury time at the end of normal time 94th minute he came out twice to a corner and like maybe a free kick and punched the ball clear in a way that maybe Alan McGregor hasn't done as much as we want this season in a way West Fotheringham certainly didn't do in the 2016 Scottish Cup finals a lot of stuff was responded to today by Rangers and was put to bed um, historically physically mentally and uh, we just ended up Ange ball was just as as, as burst as a 2003 beach ball for Seville we had gone for the 2022 beach balls uh, for Seville and I am so proud of the effort that team put in today and Thursday night. Um, I think we just like to play lots of games, lots of football because today we looked more than ever like a, an actual team and a, and a team of men. Absolutely, we did. I and, and, and it's it's a sense of pride that that instills because this, this team has had their, their, their character questions, has had their mentality questions over the last couple of months, I think, as, as things have turned difficult. And so to to come and put that performance and and, and not just perform well, not just play well, um, you know, we're clearly still missing our, our talisman, our, our um, key force up front. But to then, I guess, have the nerve to come back from 1-0 down at a place that has a bit of a hold over us at hand at the moment. Um, is is really really special and really encouraging with my internet connection. So I apologise for that. I'm not going to do too much talking. I'm going to hand over to, to David and, and, and Alec and, and let them. They've got the interesting things to say anyway. Um, David, before we get onto the the, the fun stuff, um, Alex, right to mention there that, that Celtic obviously went one 0 up, and uh, you know just after the turn of the hour. And from my perspective, it was a really dreadful goal for us to concede um, a quick free kick, a soft free kick in the first place. But then they take the free kick quickly. Um, and it somehow worked its way into the goal. Make of this was this a you know a, a, a preventable goal? Was it players switching off? There's obviously a, a heavy deflection in there. What did you make of Celtic's? Uh, I, th- I thought this. Well, first of all, the, the free kick that 
um, the goal was was obviously soft to me. You could that would that would be one way of looking at it from, from their perspective. It was a soft free kick, you know. From their perspective, obviously it wasn't a free kick, um, but you know. We've, uh, we've suffered Bobby Madden, uh, Bobby Bison, I was going to call him, Bobby Madden enough times in, in old firm games to know that he's get previous. Um, Greg Taylor runs our side um, as their set play takes place. Um, the ball obviously falls to him. Yes, you could possibly point the finger at the, at the, the Rangers back line for no reacting quite well enough, but I think you've got your credit. Um, Celtic's ingenuity there. I mean, they, they did fashion a, a set play, which um, wasn't easy to defend. Put it that way. I think I think we could have, we could have done better. I, I think that's fair to say. And then you can't legislate for such a, a, a wicked deflection. I mean, Greg Taylor just just manages to, to lift his head and and, and uh, get a shot away, um, and it takes a wicked deflection off Calvin Bassey and John McLaughlin's uh, completely stranded. So. Yeah, I mean, depending on your point of view, if you're if you're being critical and you're looking to you know to strive for perfection, then obviously any goal that any team loses, unless it's you know a, a world class you know strike, the the three goalkeepers would struggle to get close to. I mean, you can you can analyse the faults in defending, you know, and, and and from a player's perspective, you're all, you're always looking to do better. So the, the two players that were. Um, they were standing, creating a wall. They could have acted quicker. I think it was um, Ryan Jack was certainly one of them, um, and they could have reacted a bit better. There was a melee in, uh, in the centre of the, the goal, um, and our players just didn't react well enough. But again, I, mean, I, I do like you know, giving them credit. But I think you've got to give credit where credit's due. I think it was quite a uh, quite a well worked. Um, set play and you know another time you know the, the deflection gets past the post and the goalkeeper saves it and they're thinking oh right, that's you know but they were fortunate I think they were fortunate and they were fortunate in the sense that even the opportunity in the first place because Kamar Roof um, he didn't pull down Carter Vickers at all um, there was a, there was a tang- and I know he's tangling the legs and then Carter Vickers fell over and then uh, Bobby Martin gave the free kick which you know I've seen it time and time again, and I, I thought, you know, uh, digressing slightly to, to complain about the standard of Scottish officiating. I mean, we've been on since the get go in this podcast, Ross, and we've talked about the inadequacy of Scottish officials um, from the outset, and, and today we've no different. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And so, just to sort of briefly touch on that, Scott, the, the, the standard of, of officiating, that's obviously. The route that I think a lot of folk are now going to go down is to say that the the, the, the Rangers second goal was offside and that so-and-so should have been sent off and that the, the, the refereeing wasn't good enough. Uh, and yet you look at the slew of decisions that were bizarre going the other way. Like there was that chance for the um, for Hatati in the second half where the ball comes back and, and sort of pings to, to Maeda. It was four yards offside. Four yards offside and no one flags for that. Um, so strange decisions throughout that game. That is to me the standard of Scottish football officiating, as opposed to the um, the cheating and the bias line. That I think is about to be trotted out over the next week or so. Um, David, I'll, I'll stay with yourself if we may. Um, that goal puts us in a position of having to react. 
and Geo, to his credit, I think changes um, changes personnel relatively quickly. He brings on Stephen Davis and Scarfield. And now I must admit, I absolutely hit the roof when I saw that it was those two being prepared because I did not think either of those two was the creative force that we needed to go on. Enough energy. Um, it's like I've been proved very, very wrong. What did you make of the, the way that you changed the game? Well, you've got to credit the manager um, for, for doing the necessary, Ross. I think, um, obviously, later Thursday night's exploits, you know, it would have been remiss of the manager not to um, bring in players who um, hadn't featured all that heavily in the, 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 the previous 120 minutes. So um, they definitely got to be credited for, for bringing um, Scott Arfield and Stephen Davis on. Uh, and yeah, the, the Scott Arfield obviously had a had an, a, an impact in the game. Um, Stephen Davis obviously had, a, had an impact in the game uh, as well in a positive manner. So yeah, the, the way that the the substitutions worked out, I think that you know there, there was an air of inevitability about it. I mean, you had to bring guys on for freshness, uh, but fortunately enough, the two old heads. Um, and there's, there's obviously a bit of debate going on amongst the Rangers supporters to whether these two guys deserved contract extensions. Um, that's for another day. But certainly when they were required to step up, I don't think any Rangers fan could, could point the finger at either player. And that includes Scott Wright as well. When Scott Wright did well when he came on for Aaron Ramsey, um, all the subs did well. Uh, but in particular, obviously, Scott Arfield I know he's no your favourite player, Ross. That's fair enough. For all, um, you know, we all have our players that we fancy and players that we don't fancy. But, um, certainly, of late, I've, I've you know started to think that um, that maybe maybe Scott's age is starting to catch up with him. But as, as you've seen today, he's definitely got a role to play. Um, obviously, going forward, if he is granted a, a contract extension, he gets another year. Then you know it, it can be an impact sub. You know it, it, they might not necessarily play a number of consecutive games, you know, to spell um, other players during the, the competitive season. But it can certainly can come in and make an impact. And as we all know, we were both watching Scott Arfield since he was, he was playing the Falkirk, and he's always had a knack of uh, arriving at the box. He's, he's a forward-thinking player. Um, he's still a disciplined player when it comes to, to performing his midfield duties, but. He is a player who obviously looks to get forward and either, if he can assist uh, in setting up chances, then he, he obviously looks to score. And you've seen the chance that he took today, um, finished that chance for a plum, uh, got his back into the game. And the other guy uh, that you mentioned here, Stephen Davis, obviously uh, an old head. Um, if I'm correct in saying that, he'll probably uh, keep me right here. If I'm, if I'm not, he's, he's obviously the most capped. British player in terms of internationals um, and he showed all the experience today um, and you know he's, he's extremely adept at slowing the game down speeding up when it's required switching play when it's required and, and uh, for a guy he's, he starts with his uh, you know never shot at, at, at um, trying to tackle and, and break up play when required so yeah look, Ross I, I thought that 
the whole Rangers set up that well today. Um, you know, it, in the lead up to the game, you know, it, it was quite a um, quite a muted kind of um, build up to an old firm game, uh, despite it being a cup semi final. And I think you know, the, the kind of the Celtic minded mainstream media in this country almost had it as well. Celtic just had to turn up, and, and you know, they, they were cheering for the the, the final, far less the, the treble. Um, and it was they had pressure on their shoulders for that reason. But we had a different type of pressure on our shoulders and we rose to the occasion. And that included the manager uh, making the, the correct decisions at the correct moment in time and obviously his playing personnel to, to deliver for him. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree with that. Alex, let's get into the, the, the fun stuff. Scott Arfield's goal comes with around about 15 minutes of the, the 90 remaining. Um, obviously, it was a, a phenomenal crossfield pass from Goldson to Tav, who plays an early ball in Ruth arguably miscontrols it and it falls nicely to Arfield too who curls one past Joe Hart a lovely goal a well-worked goal what impact did that have on the tie it seemed to me that Rangers were really in the ascendancy at that point onwards it killed the treble it didn't, didn't just have an impact on uh, the, the tie Ross that killed Celtic's treble there's only one team in Scotland now came in a treble and that's us a major treble um, a beautiful uh, ball for, for, for Conor Golson as you say flat lovely flat I think he meant it Tav, one thing we we hadn't been doing all day was just getting that final ball. You know, some of our finishing was poor as usual. Um, some of our crossing was was, was a bit shoddy, uh, but there was always that sense of the players were trying their heart out. And I think um, we're always carrying more uh, slightly more momentum than Celtic. And I think obviously knowing what we did on Thursday night gave the crowd more sympathy. The Rangers crowd more sympathy for uh, the Rangers players. There wasn't that kind of rush to judge them, which frankly has sickened me. Um, to, the way it's been expressed over the last few weeks um, after the loss at home to Celtic. We all had our doubts about that. There's people telling me they didn't know where that performance came from on Thursday night against Braga. Now, they've not been watching this for the last fucking four years. We always... This, the, the performance in the first leg against Braga was the outlier. Sparta Prague blown away at Ibrox when they needed to be under Geo. Dortmund, two of the, the greatest performances you've ever seen for a Scottish team in Europe ever. Um, uh, the home leg against the home leg against uh, Red Star Belgrade. I said a thing in the, the, the post-match uh, reaction pod uh, on Thursday night, uh, which I think has been misconstrued by some people. I said that it, it was okay, that it, it was up and down, that we had to go to extra time, that we, were, we looked at one point we could end up going to penalties against nine men. Not because I Rangers, I've seen this thing, but Rangers make it hard for ourselves. We always make it hard for ourselves. We never get to semi How many semi-finals in Europe have we ever been to? What I was saying the other night was, for a Scottish team and the, the condition that Scottish football is in just now, the position it has in European football, for them to get to a semi-final of Europe, you are always going to have to go through the mill. There's always going to be a really hard moments in the game. Um, and I thought the spirit we showed today was forged uh, on Thursday night. I, I saw something on Thursday night. Rangers up against it. We had the advantage. We're against nine men, potential embarrassment, but we knew the energy and the, the display we put in in that first half um, earned more, deserved more than to go out in a kind of embarrassing style, which wouldn't be truly embarrassing. Um, and I think today we saw a Rangers team who everybody in that Rangers team today had a brain fart from, from um, McLaughlin carrying the ball out at, foot, at, at his feet in the, in the first half. Um, to maybe even Roof making that tackle that allowed the Celtic free kick, but it wasn't a tackle. It was, as, as David's saying, it was it was a refereed mistake. It was really soft. 
Um, everybody in that Rangers team had a wee brain fart uh, that looked terrible, but they never let it get to them. And they realised the Celtic team they were up against, um, who I think have now got something to deal with. They're not, they now know they're not as good as they think they are, and as the rest of Scotland's been telling them they are, you know, mainstream media uh, in particular. Um, I still think it's probably going to be too late to, to, to win the league. Um, we're probably just going to upset them to the point where they'll, they'll come at us um, doubly hard uh, at Parkhead. But so what? This Rangers team has built their success on Europe. We've been doing it backwards for seasons now. Overachieving in Europe, then we won the league. This season, we could possibly win the Scottish Cup. I wouldn't be surprised if next season we win just the, only, the League Cup's the only thing we win in Scotland, but we win the bloody Champions League uh, in Europe. It's just the way we've been doing it, where we sort ourselves back out. This club's pulled itself back up with the hair, and this is how they've done it. And that goal today, Scotty Arfield, a man, it, it, it just summed up what the support needs to know. There's, got, there's an undertow from 2012. There's always going to be little embarrassments. There's always going to be hairy moments. There's probably going to be for another 10 years. Even when Rangers were at their peak financially, you know, we had dodgy moments, you know. Um, but to get on top of the team the way we have, the, 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 I think the vitriol rather than the, the criticism, it's been the, the nature of some of the criticism has been really self-defeating um, in the last couple of weeks. And I was so glad to see them do it on Thursday. And I was so glad to see them do it today. And it was summed up by Scott Arfield, who had those two misses uh, on Thursday night from point blank range, which didn't matter because we went through anyway. Um, and he comes out today and within three minutes, he bangs that thing in the back. And Joe Hart didn't even bother extending his arms because he knew it was so curled far around him into that bottom spot. I don't think Roof's really, he has technically miscontrolled it, but he's doing what Roof did all day. It was he's just being in the right place at the right time to make things happen. You know, Alfredo Morelos is spectacular. Kamar Roof is deadly, you know, and uh, it was a lovely flat ball from Tav, picked him out. He spins, he just makes sure that ball isn't going to a Celtic foot and it lands at Scotty Arfield, who's been on the part for three minutes. And I thought our substitution today, as David's saying, were absolutely brilliant all the way through. Um, we actually upped the pace. We're making these substitutions because we think we're tiring, because these players are tiring, and that you know your instinct is to worry about that. We actually doubled down in, in extra time. It's, there was there was time Celtic couldn't get out their box in extra time. They were kicking the ball straight out from court for corners from positions where they really wouldn't have to. We panicked the shit out of them. Um, we absolutely chewed Celtic up today, and it was to bring on Steve Davis, uh, a man of his class, and just keep them pinned in by playing football. Uh, was was perfect. Um, and it's like everything else with this team. We're writing players off. We don't want to see them again. It doesn't work like that. Doesn't work, especially at Rangers with the money we've got, the, the lack thereof. We need to be able to recycle players almost. That's what's happened with Borna Barisic. That's what's happened with Kamar Roof, as far as some supporters are concerned. But as Roof himself says, he's always, he's had nothing to prove. Um, and I just thought, they end up having Glenn Kamara and Steve Davis running that midfield again like last season. You know, fantastic. Scotty Arfield, absolutely fantastic. I call Scotty Arfield a legend in the heat of the moment, a Rangers legend in the heat of the moment after the, the late winner against Livingston at the beginning of the, this year. He's not he's not been there long enough to be a Rangers legend, but he has a legendary attitude. He's a Rangers man through and through. You can see it. He knows what to do. He knows when to arrive. And there was no bloody way he was going to let us go off that park feeling sorry for ourselves. I thought, it, I thought it was tremendous like the rest of the team. And uh, I'm just going to try and calm myself down and let you go on, mate, Ross. I've completely lost the thread, but I just thought we were bloody magic today. Every single one to a man. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah, I'm glad you've stopped because that's probably as much complimenting of Scott Arfield as I can take. Like he was, he was excellent <laughs> today. He was undeniably fantastic. Not just the goal, but but everything else that he did um, was 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 superb. And it's it's funny because after the game on Thursday, when he missed a couple of unbelievable chances uh, against Braga, Gio told the the press that he would have Scott Arfield with Roy Mackay practicing his shooting. Well, Ryan McKay is clearly a magician because look what he's managed to do in three days. Three days he's sorted that boy out. Um, David, Scott's goal takes us into to extra time and this is now two games that have gone to extra time. So two times 120 minutes of football in, in four days. Did you fear that the effects of fatigue would catch up with us in that extra 30 minutes? You wouldn't be human if you didn't suspect that you know, it could come back to bite us, Ross, but as you know, uh, I don't think it took too long into the first period of extra time to realise that we were on it. Um, as Teco, Alex sentiments, the, the drive of the team was tremendous. I mean, Alex makes a, a good point there. He alluded to, to Scott Arfield's drive. Um, I made a comment after um, the last Old Firm game at Ibrox about John Lundstrom. Um, and I think this equally applies to Scott Arfield and a number of other players, to be fair. Um, I've seen a, 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 a massive difference in John Lundstrom to such an extent where I, I now regard John Lundstrom playing like a ranger. And uh, that applies to Scott Arfield. I would say that applies to Conor Goldson. It definitely applies to the captain. You could even, uh, this may be a bit of a stretch, but you could apply that to Calvin Bassey. Now, um, Calvin Bassey, yes, you know, he still get the odd mistake in him. He's still young. He's still raw. But, um, his levels have been tremendous, uh, and the, the just the, the overall nature of it is just it's, the, the, the players didn't want to be come off that part. They, they realised that the, the what was at stake, and they went to the well again, and that was borne out by this, you know, the winning goal. Um, Smart piece of thinking by Glenn Kamara to break the, the Celtic, you know, half-hearted press, if that's a, the right phrase to use. Said that I, it wasn't really exactly threading the eye of a needle, but, you know, good, sharp, mentally sharp to, to play the ball through to Davis. Davis plays it wide. Ryan Kent takes the ball up, plays, and uh, Calvin, who's, you know, trying like a bear as normal, and uh, he then puts a, a tantalising ball into the six-yard box and fashion, uh, tried his, his, his utmost to, to get on the end of it and apply pressure to, to Carl Starfield and uh, the rest is history, thankfully. Um, and, you know, when when you go into the <laughs> you go into Celtic uh, forums and, and they're complaining about their lack of what, what, what their lack of fitness for the, the period of extra time, that tells it all um, about what Rangers are doing right, that, that, that you know, we as fans wouldn't necessarily see because, you know, we're not up watching training sessions at Ock and Howie. But clearly, you know, the staff are doing something correct. Um, they, you know, love all sorts of conspiracy theories about caffeine and, and whatever else, you know, and, and I, I, that's fine. Let, let, them, let them all carry on about that. But Rangers fitness was tremendous. And I'll go back um, to Thursday night. Um, during the game, you know, obviously I was you know, slightly nervous in the same uh, half that we didn't, you know, 
capitalise on our, um, our dominance by securing a third goal early in the way we actually did. But strangely enough, I mean, I feel free to disagree, guys, but I didn't think, I thought Rangers managed the game really, really well on Thursday. I thought the, 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 the amount of energy that they expended, um, I thought it was it, it was a tremendous performance. Now, I can see why, I know you've said that we were only going to talk about today's game, but it does, it's Thursday's game informs today's performance because Rangers played within themselves, but they, they did it in such a measured manner and they conserved the energy because obviously they they've they one eye on Sunday. I mean, they're going to be human if they do a game against them. Their fierce and historic rivals coming up, especially at Hamden, neutral venue, 50-50 split with the fans. Um, but Rangers, were, I thought they were exceptional in Thursday, but how they managed to give. Yes, they were properly in front of goal, they made it difficult for themselves. All that can, depending on your point of view, is credence. But how they managed their, themselves definitely had an impact in today. And the fact that they, they'd obviously they'd had to go through the mental um, demands of the extra half hour on Thursday meant that they were prepared for the, th- the extra 30 minutes today. The Celtic, obviously, I mean, they've, they've, not had, <laughs> they've not been in cup competitions, certainly in Europe, to, um, to have that spectre of extra time hanging over them. So they were, they were all prepared for today in, in a strange way. Um, you could say that the, the extra time on Thursday night prepared us for today. And I think that when you, you look back and, when, and watch the highlights back, um, Rangers were comfortable in, in, in extra time. And yeah, they, they, they did a couple of, maybe half, you know, a couple of sniffs where they, they, they could maybe have, have, have done something. But, but Rangers generally contained them and, and held them at bay and, and, and made the running. And it was only going to be one, one, one on that extra time. And, and uh, aye, thankfully it was us. Absolutely, absolutely. Alec, uh, David has sort of given the second goal as a known goal there. Um, is that a wee bit harsh on, on that one? It's, um, it's, it's a goal for Rangers. Uh, it, wins, it wins the game, you know, and it's a goal that uh, wouldn't have happened without the Rangers players doing what they did. They made it happen. Um, I, I, at the time, I, I came away from the game thinking Fashion had scored. Um, I managed to, a, a good friend of mine, uh, thanks very much, uh, Ronnie, he got me a ticket uh, today, sneaked me in uh, to the game today. I thought I was going to lose my streak of uh, seeing Rangers games at Hamden, which, by the way, I think we have to mention maybe the only downer today. Um, Colin, uh, Colin Armstrong, legend of this pod, uh, same situation as myself. Guys who just don't miss Rangers games uh, at Ibrox or Hamden. Just, I haven't missed a Rangers game at, at Hamden since two, the 2003 League Cup final, which I actually had a ticket for, but they sent it to my old address. Another time I'd moved house, but today it was because um, my jails, hospitality, whatever it was, a lot of people who should have been there today uh, weren't, you know, but I think... When that ball went into the back of the net today, um, and fashion went into the crowd, a big red, white, and blue celebration. I love that. I love. I ended up in the kind of middle of the main stand, and that thing where you're just looking at that kind of horseshoe. You've got that half of the stadium, and it's that combination of epic and cosy. You feel like a total family, that Rangers family, and you also just feel massive. You feel like you've dominated the whole country because you're winning at the national stadium. It's 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 an amazing thing. 
But when Fashion Sakala went in, you could see it. You could see it unfolding in front of you, the whole move. We had Borna Banasic doing the overlaps. You know, a man who's probably trying try to get back to full match fitness as well. He's not Megan um, Ralston at the end of, I think at the end of normal time. Um, and then you had, it's all fed by Ryan Kent. Again, a man who takes a hell of a slagging because of his numbers. And he won't get a number for that winner, that winning goal today. But it doesn't happen without him. You know, it's, he's, he's central to it. Um, his finishing still really, really dodgy. Um, some of his crossings no good, but Rangers don't win that game without Ryan Kent, a man who I kept expecting to get subbed for Sakala, because I kept thinking he, he can't keep going, he can't keep going, but he had to, and he did. Um, and he links it up. He gets she's the overlap from Bassey, who's been playing centre half. You know what I mean? You do that thing he's been doing all season, Calvin Bassey. He'll play both positions and it'll be bloody brilliant in both of them. A, a growing, growing in front of us all, and an, an epic. A Rangers player, a guy who will he'll never stay a Rangers player at this rate. There's no way we'll be able to keep a hold of him. He's, he's, he's magnificent. Um, and Celtic defence certainly couldn't keep a hold of him. He overlapped. When he pulled it back, you just knew. You knew Fashion was in there. So I'd, I think I'd already, I'd already seen it happening. So I was convinced Fashion had put it away. It was only when I quickly saw uh, through the highlights and telly there before I come on here um, that I realised it had come off. Is it Welsh? Welsh? I don't know. One of the white sock guys anyway. It came off them into the top corner, but it just... It didn't ruin the aesthetics in any way. And maybe, like the fact Celtic went in front and they, they got a wee taste of a treble. They got a wee, you know, Rod Stewart and um, a few others uh, up in the crowd there. They, 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 they thought, here we go again. Easy peasy. We're back to we're back to the, the routine of the, the, the previous years. No, not today. You know, And I think the, the fact that we took it off them in such a fashion as well, after being through what we went through physically uh, and mentally on Thursday night, it was absolutely, absolutely magnificent. It was a, it was a masterful goal. Um, and I mean, it's, it's one of those goals. It's about, I know, I know what you're saying about the finish. It's a bit like um, see the goal we scored against Porto in Porto a couple of seasons ago in the Europa League. Um, Barisic back. Just the, the movement. I always think. I wish Alfie hadn't taken a touch. <laughs> it's like it would have been the greatest Rangers goal of all time. If he hadn't taken a touch, I might have missed it. But it's one of those. It's one of those things. I know what you mean aesthetically. You want to go straight in off uh, Fashion's boot. But who cares? Uh, it went in, Ross. Uh, we deserved it. And we, as, as, as Dave has been saying, we, we managed the game really well from then. And the thing for me is, I was watching that today. I can't decide which season it was reminding me of. You know, um, maybe 1998, Celtic might win the league. This might be a team that's about to break up that we're watching. But they'd won last hurrah. And uh, we could see the tiredness of Rangers from the word go today, I thought. You can see perhaps the lack of fitness, the lack of match fitness, general fitness that Aaron Ramsey's got, for example. But the next thing he's popping up, making great defensive tackles, practically in his own byline. You know, there was the tiredness today was part of a team that was just showing you, this is what we've been through. And rather than let that put us off, we're going to keep going as a team. And when I say a team of men, that's, well, it's misogyny. It's sexist apart from anything. Um, but it's actually a bit homoerotically because we just, we just were absolutely magnificent to watch today. Whatever team, it was also about 2002, um, the way we won the cup final at Hamden in 2002. Um, but you knew we deserved it, but Celtic, we couldn't quite put them away until uh, the last minute. But whatever Rangers team it was reminding me of, it was reminding me of a team from way before 2012, way before 2016. It was reminding me of a proper Rangers team. Ryan Jack and <laughs> John Lundstrom in midfield was just one of the grittiest, most kind of down and dirty and beautiful 
football performances I've ever seen for the two. It was just, it, they were phenomenal. And apart from it, they just looked bedded in. We looked like a team that knew each other, knew how to play, and had that wee kind of flyness about us, that, that confidence that we made Celtic look like the pretenders again. We made them look, you know, like contenders that just weren't going to get there. I thought we were absolutely phenomenal. And uh, yeah, the goal, that's what you asked me about originally. Sorry, mate. It was it was phenomenal. It was a great finish. But the main thing is that we scored it and we always looked that we're going to score it. Um, and whatever happens the rest of this season, I think it's now officially a success this season. That's, that's, that's a really interesting way of framing it is, and actually, I, I had to resist the temptation to ask that question tonight of, is this is this still defined as a, as a successful season? I think we'll only really know the answer to that question when we look back after everything is, is said and done. But what I really like about what you said there is uh, one of the White Sock guys, because if, if they're only ever going to call us the opposition, then the White Sock guys is good enough for them. Absolutely. It's terrible. I mean, they all look the same to me. That's another way of putting it. <laughs> I can't tell them apart. I can't tell what one's what. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Um, David, let's let's look at something that we've kind of flirted with so far this evening, which is what this win means for, for Giovanni. Um, it's been a mixed start, I think, to Gio's Rangers career. Excelled in Europe, but, you know, we can't look beyond the, the, the leagues that has slipped away domestically. Um, and I think you're, you mentioned earlier that had this game not gone the way that it did today, I think serious questions would have been asked of Gio. Um, what do you think that this does for, for Gio's position as Rangers manager? Do you think this buys him a bit more time? Does this sort of guarantee that we give him the summer, let him bring in his own players? How much more secure is he in his role now? Yeah, it's difficult to, to say, Ross, but it's first and foremost that it gets the um, it gets the Celtic uh, mini hoodoo off his off his back right away. I mean, that, that's that's essential. I mean, you, you, I mean Gio is been here before. <clears throat> He's well versed in the Glasgow uh, goldfish bowl, so he knows the importance of old firm victories. And he's been on the end of a of a humbling um, himself. So he, he knows that you know he, he knows what the, the, the what baggage comes with the old firm environment. So with regards to um whether that cements his, his, his kind of short-term future at, at, at the club. Put it this way, from what I can discern from, from uh, looking at the online reaction amongst the Rangers community, there was a lot of apologies being offered by fans who wrote, wrote Giovanni off. Um, now, I remember the three of us were on a pod a couple of months back, and I, I, I said, um, it wasn't even a couple of months, it was that, all that long ago, it was, it was never up to the to the Red Star game. And I, I said that we couldn't really um, judge Gio until he brings his own players in. Now that, that obviously, that stands to reason. But he's long enough in the tooth to know that, you know, you're only as good as your last game. And if, if you're chipping away needless points to you know, allegedly inferior opposition um, and shooting yourselves in the foot, then that, that's going to, you, you know, that, that scrutiny is, is always going to be there. Now, I don't know if you guys caught um, Derek Johnson's um, Sky Sports News interview outside Ibrox on Thursday afternoon, but he quite he made quite a salient point in my view, um, which again informs um, Geo's kind of tenure, if you like. Um, Derek said that, that, that 
you know, nobody has scored in domestic football. Has nobody scored a great goal against Rangers. It's all been self-inflicted. It's been mistakes that have allowed Rangers to come undone. And uh, I think that um, colours slightly colours Gio's Gio's uh, handling of the team thus far. But you guys know it's, it's been. Put yourself in, in, in Gio's shoes to come in mid-season um, and to take over from such a high-profile departure of Stephen Gerrard's. Um, maybe it was acrimonious. It may have been acrimonious in the eyes of some supporters as to how Stevie, Stevie left the club. Um, but regardless of that, it's not easy to, to come in and with your you know, players, someone else's players, to, to get a tune out now, We've got a decent enough squad whereby you know, most competent coaches could come in and would at least um, get results back on an even keel. And he's, he's managed to do that. The only thing that's kind of blotted his pocketbook has been the aberrations of the poor performance at Parkhead. Eh? And that was then followed up by, I would say, possibly... Um, the game at Ibrox said a few weeks back but you know, tactically it maybe wasn't quite uh, what was required and that would that would obviously lend itself to people pointing the finger at, at, at Gio mm-hmm. now when I say tactics there I, I make reference specifically to how Kamar Roof was deployed at Parkhead they, they shelled high balls up to Kamar Roof and didn't really get the best of it and they did similarly again at Ibrox where they were not high balls up towards Kamar Roof to try and play off them in the similar fashion that they do, they do with Alfie. And uh, Carter Vickers had a field day. And the might say uh, that you know, they, they fouled incessantly at Ibrox and Willie Collum refused to, to book certain players and that had an impact on the game. And that's, that's undoubted. But that tactical shortfall, if you like, in the eyes of certain supporters would obviously... Um, contribute to question marks hanging over the manager. Today, you see, or certainly on Thursday night, you've seen a diff- how, how, how the team played to Kamar Roof's strengths. But he was running out the channels and dragging defenders away. He did similar again today, um, to a greater extent than in the previous two games against Celtic. Yes, he did his bit where he was trying to hold the ball up and turn and, and lay the ball off. But with regards to, to Gio, this result... Um, Leaving Europe aside, certainly buys them time in, in domestic, um, the domestic side of things. And if we can go in and, and beat Hearts in the Cup, but more importantly, if they can give us a psychological lift going into the remaining league games, you know, I, yes, it's going to be a tough ask. It's out of Rangers' hands to, to retain the title. But some of the things have happened. You know, there's been, there's been leads blown in the, in the past before by either old firm team. Uh, and, you know, the, the what seemed an inevitability didn't actually come to pass and it may well happen again. Uh, and today's result gives us a psychological boost um, and gives them a psychological gain because, you know, their supporters will rightly point the finger at them saying, you know, this is a team that went to the well for 240 minutes and we still can beat them. And, you know, they've, as Alec rightly mentioned, they believe in their, their own press away. And uh, when I mean, I still minded people in the media whether it be print, uh, or audio-visual, you know, or even online fan media, it would be quite easy within um, Lennox and our Barrafield government to train, you know, for themselves to get carried away. Um, so, but with regards to, to Gio, if we can 
take the, you know, the, the, the impact of today's result into the, the remaining league games and maybe turn it around. And then obviously the, the European uh, side of things, if we can go one bit and get into the final, then I would say that the Gio undoubtedly deserves the backing of the, the, the support and certainly the board. I think you're absolutely right. I completely agree. It's, um, there have been aberrations that have been tactically how we want to set that team up and deal with these players. I think we'll see a huge amount of recruitment in the summer. Um, and in my opinion, now results like today and results like midweek have, have earned him the right to, to experiment and to, and, and to have that chance to have the summer and, and, and build something. Um, Alec, before my internet completely gives out, um, I'll just come to you with, with, with one last question. Um, 2016, I was at Hamden. I watched us throw away the Scottish Cup final. Um, it's my third most painful Rangers memory. Uh, first being the Motherwell playoff final debacle. Uh, and second being the Wraith Rovers Petrofac uh, Cup all those years ago at, at Easter Road. Um but Tav was in that side in 2016 that lost to Hibs. James Tavernier was, was I think, I think I'm right in saying, is the only player that's kind of survived from then until now. He's obviously our captain now. He, in my opinion, he's player of the season this year, um, and he's been fantastic, a real leader. What role will he play in the changing room to ensure that 2016 doesn't happen again? Because we are all celebrating tonight. We are all overjoyed at getting there. But we still have a very, very tough game to actually lift the trophy. What role does he play to make sure that that happens? Just keep, just keep playing the same role, Tav. Just keep leading by example. Just keep being cool as a cucumber. Uh, just keep doing those slaloming runs that you do forward. Uh, just keep leading that team by example. I've, I could get tearful when I talk about Tav. Um, we've had, uh, amongst one of the other things that's been thrown about over the past few weeks is there's, there's no way that guy's a, a legend because he hasn't won this or that. It's one of those things that makes... It's horrible because it can make you reduce yourself to a meme as if I'm going to say something bad about maybe mall time... Rangers hero John Gregg but John Gregg went years without winning medals for Rangers at times what made him a legend was he stayed there and he made sure he won enough going through the bad times and then he was there to reap the rewards when he dragged us when he helped to drag us back up on top he was there to pick up trebles and what have you as well as being our only uh, captain to lead us to two European finals and Tav is almost doing it single-handedly uh, this knockout stage of Europe the number of goals he's scoring for us uh, in Europe and against high-class opposition, you know, the, the, the business end of Europe is is unbelievable. We all know the parallels, the coincidences with the 1972 Cup Winners' Cup run. But um, my head says we absolutely can get to Europa League final, possibly win it, but my heart says no. My heart says we won't beat Leipzig. Then I'm more just concerned that we, 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 we do well against them, we equip ourselves well. I'm so proud of us getting to this stage. Um, but if we were to, I think that as much as winning the Scottish Cup would be um, as much down to James Tavernier as, as anybody else. Old guys like myself, we're as guilty as I'm as guilty as anybody of judging James Tavernier uh, the way we judged, you know, defenders twenty years ago. You know, you want to see him shouting and screaming, captains and defenders. You want to see him going for killer tackles, putting guys out of the game and what have you. Well, for a start, he'd be getting sent off every time he played if if he was played like the modern game doesn't doesn't let you have any kind of tackles. Um, although John Lundstrom has found a way to do it. But uh, what he does is he leads by example. And his, particularly when we're talking about Rangers playing 240 minutes uh, in the space of, what, two and a half days? 
that man never bloody stops. It is the Duracell bunny on acid and eckies and he's just unbelievable. He just pounds and he pounds and he pounds away and he sums up for me what Rangers have had to do because the hardest bit of the, you're, you're talking about the, the painful memories, Ross, you know, uh, the embarrassments in the Petroflat Cup and what have you, but the, the hardest thing Rangers had to do for me was always going to be when we got back into the top flight. Remember when we sold getting back into the top flight as the journey and there was a slight feeling among some people that the journey had kind of ended when we got back to the top flight. We knew that was when the the, the real hate was waiting for us, but the real vengeance, the real kind of uh, ambulance chasing was waiting for us. And uh, Tav took us right through all that. He endured the worst of it. He knows better than anybody else how to handle it. I'll, I'll, I will, uh, and I would love, there's, there's no man deserves more to go up and lift that Scottish Cup apart from anything else. Because what we don't want to talk about is not having won the thing for 11 years. No, no, about 2009. Uh, 2009, last one the Scottish Cup. Um, not having won any domestic cup for, for 11 years means that we will actually, I'm not saying we should be satisfied with the Scottish Cup instead of the league. The league is, we can talk about why we didn't win the league, but we will actually, the thrill we will get this season, what the difference it will make to us as a club if we win that Scottish Cup, if we go up and lift that thing. The one thing Tab does bloody remember is that in 2016, we didn't do anything for three weeks. We'd won the league so early and the league finished early. Hibs were playing in the playoffs. Um, kept them sharp in the way that we kept sharper than Celtic today despite them having a week off you know that's a, a week of travel no hopefully we're playing the Europa League final you know, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the Wednesday night uh, before the cup final but we'll be playing Hearts at Tynecastle in the league I think the week before we play the Scottish Cup final I'm not quite sure about uh, then but well hopefully we'll get plenty to keep us going we'll stay sharp and there's nobody sharper than Tav but I think I think technically um, from a footballing point of view and a business point of view, probably as well. I know we didn't make the Champions League group stage direct if we don't win the league, but that's, I've got another big argument set up for that, which we'll do another time, mate. But I think Tav to go up and lift the Scottish Cup is a is a ceremonial, but it's a psychological thing as well because I think we're already to, for a Scottish team to get to a semi final of European competition. A Scottish team that's in the bottom tier ten years ago. It was a German magazine, football magazine, that made me go to Brecon that day. You know, our first game as a lower league team. There's a German team we've put out that's announced us all over the world again in the Dortmund game this season. There's a German team waiting for us in the semi-final. There might be another German team waiting for us in the final. The biggest football nation on in, in Europe knows about Rangers like nobody else does. They know the journey we've been on. They've seen what we've done. Um, we're already a success. We've stopped Celtic winning a treble, something we've been through too much in recent years. That's not to be that's not to be written off that we stopped that happening. Um but I think for it to be a, a true success for the fans and what have you, yeah, we need to, we always need to lift that, lift that Scottish Cup. And there would be no greater moment uh, for me than to, than to see that cup uh, being lifted by James Tavernier, who is an absolute credit to himself. And uh, it's been an honour to have him playing uh, for this club. Yeah, it has, it has absolutely been an honour. And um, he has, I think... He's won over and captured the hearts of so many Rangers fans across the world. And I, I, I agree, it's not, I feel like that's a defining moment. That's something that he deserves to have. Is, is to, he deserves to be the one to, to, to lift that Scottish Cup after so many years. It's, I don't know if right of passage is the right phrase, but it's it's a really defining moment for him. And Ross, I'm, I, know, sorry, I know I've had enough of a say already. He's I'm never going to have a bit. I'm going to butt in again. I just, that moment last season, um, you're talking, we're talking about my most horrible moments. For me, it's probably progress, neither con, because I'm obsessed with Europe. But, yeah. 
to see we knew we were going to be lifting the trophy last against Aberdeen at Ibrox last season. We knew we'd, the only thing was to finish the season unbeaten. That was magnificent. We just want to see Tab getting that league trophy. But see when it was John Gregg that come down the tunnel with that trophy. I went. That was that was too much for me, you know. Um, and I think that spoke volumes, you know, that John Gregg was passing on the passing on the the mantle. Uh, I think only time will tell. You know, the way James Tavernier plays the game is the modern way, um, and I think time time will tell. In, in years to come, he'll be he'll be right up there with John Gregg as one of the greatest. I'm sure, absolutely sure he will. Gents, I think we'll we'll call it a day there because to be quite frank, I need to lie down. It's been a hell of an afternoon. Um, a massive thank you, as always, to to David and Alec for for giving up their time this evening. It's been great to hear today's victory with them, um, and a massive thank you as well who's joined us on the. Thank you for, for giving it your, your time. The Jazz will be back next 30pm on the Jazz website. The Jazz will be all of the details. The podcast will be available for down tomorrow morning. So you can check that out as well. Say as a matter.